0: Sharp said, gesturing at the rice and kid meat, both stolen from Crosby's stores. A Havildar shouted from the gate, but the major ignored him. One thing, Sergeant. Some of the cartridges were spoiled, so I had to destroy them. Six or seven thousand, as I remember. Spoilage, sir, Sharp said. Happens all the time, sir. Exactly so, Crosby said. Then he turned towards the gate. Havildar? "'Company troops approaching, Saib!' "'Where's Captain Leonard?' Crosby demanded. "'Here, sir, I'm here!' "'A tall, gangling captain hurried from a tent and headed for the gate. "'You'll give me a note, sir. I have to account for the cartridges, sir.' "'Later,' Crosby said. "'Captain Leonard clambered up to the platform beside the gate where Crosby joined him. Upon the skyline Crosby could see red-coated troops "'led by a European officer mounted on a black horse.' and his first thought was that it must be Captain Roberts returning from patrol. But Roberts had a piebald horse, and he'd only taken fifty sepoys, whereas this horseman led a company almost twice that size. Open the gate, Crosby ordered. It was probably Captain Sullivan from the company's post at Miladar. Jemadar, Crosby shouted. Turn out the guard! Sahib! Crosby went back to his tent. It was better, he decided... "'to let Leonard welcome the stranger. "'He shouted for his clerk. "'He would write the damned armory sergeant a note "'explaining that the loss of 7,000 cartridges "'was due to a leak in the stone roof of Chassel magazine. "'He certainly could not admit "'that he had sold the ammunition to a merchant. "'What the bastard did,' Sharp was saying to his men, "'was sell the bloody stuff to some heathen bastard. "'That's what you were going to do, Sergeant,' Private Phillips said. Never you bleed in mind what I was going to do, Sharp said. Ain't that food ready? Five minutes, Davilal promised. A bloody camel could do it faster, Sharp grumbled. Then hoisted his pack and have a sec. I'm going for a piss. He never goes anywhere without his bleeding pack, Atkins commented. Hiding something he is. Hey, hedgehog! They all called Davilal hedgehog because his hair stuck up in spikes. What a sharpie keep in his pack. Davilal rolled his eyes. Jewels. "'Gold, rubies, diamonds, emeralds, sapphires, and pearls. "'Like he does.' "'Davilal laughed, then turned back to the cauldron. "'Out by the fort's gate, Captain Leonard was greeting the visitors. "'The officer leading the sepoys touched a riding crop to the brim of his cocked hat, "'which shadowed his face. "'He was uncommonly tall. "'Welcome to Chesselgarn, sir,' Leonard said. "'He was not certain he ought to call the stranger sir.' for the man wore no visible badge of rank on his red coat. But he carried himself like a senior officer, and he led his sepoys straight onto the parade ground. Crosby watched from inside his tent. Halt! The strange officer shouted. The sepoys halted. Outwards turn! Ground firelocks! Good morning! He at last looked down at Captain Leonard. Are you Crosby? No, I'm, I'm Captain Leonard, sir, and you, sir? The tall man ignored the question. He growled an order to his company. ''Fix bayonets!'' The sepoys pulled out their seventeen-inch blades and slotted them onto the muzzles of their muskets. ''I'd like to offer a proper salute to a fellow Englishman,'' the tall man explained to Leonard. ''You are English, aren't you?'' ''Yes, sir.'' The visitor drew his sword. ''Company!'' he shouted. ''Level arms!'' Leonard saw, much too late, that the guns were aimed at the troops of the garrison. ''No!'' he said. ''Fire!'' the officer shouted. And the parade-ground air was murdered by the double ripple of musket shots that blossomed smoke and slammed lead balls into the unsuspecting garrison. ''Hunt them now!'' the tall officer called. ''Hunt them! Fast! Fast! Fast!'' He spurred his horse close to Captain Leonard and almost casually slashed down with his sword. ''Hunt them! Hunt them!'' the officer shouted as Leonard fell. He drew a pistol and rode towards the officer's tents. Crosby had been staring in horror, and now, with shaking hands, he started to load one of his pistols. But suddenly the door of his tent darkened, and he saw that the tall officer had dismounted from his horse. Are you Crosby? Yes, Crosby managed to say. And who the devil are you? Major William Dodd, at your service. And Dodd raised his big pistol, and Crosby's head was snatched back in a mist of blood that spattered onto the canvas. "'Pity your English,' Dodd said. "'I'd much rather shoot a Scotsman.' Major Dodd hurried back onto the parade ground, where a small group of British redcoats were offering defiance. "'Put the blades in!' Dodd encouraged his men. "'Watch your left! Left!' His voice was urgent, for a tall sergeant had suddenly appeared from behind the cookhouse." One of the sepoys twisted, aimed, fired, and Dodd saw another mist of bright blood sparkle in the sunlight. The sergeant had been hit in the head. He fell backwards and was still. Search for the rest of the bastards, Dodd ordered. Subedar, One squad to make sure everyone's dead, another to open the armory, and well done, Gopal. Thank you, Sahib. Sharp listened to women screaming and children crying. Then heard hooves and some horsemen came into view. They were Indians, wild-looking men with sabres, matchlocks, spears, lances, and even bows and arrows. They slid out of their saddles and joined the hunt for loot. And then Sharp could smell tobacco, arak, leather and sweat, and the horseman was bending over him with a horrid-looking curved knife, and Sharp feared his throat was about to be cut, but instead the horseman began slashing at the pockets of Sharp's uniform. The man found nothing valuable and so moved on to another body. Sharp stared up at the sun. Subadar, the tall officer shouted. Fetch that bloody flag down. Sharp wanted to weep out of anger and frustration and hatred. He wondered who the tall officer was, and then a voice provided the answer. Major Dodd, everything's loaded, Sahib. Then let's go before the patrols get back. A baby cried somewhere. A woman sobbed. Sharp lay still until he was certain that Major Dodd and his men were gone. The fort stank of blood and buzzed with flies. He groaned and got to his knees. Bastards, he said. And he saw the surprised look on Davilal's face, and he wanted to weep for the boy. The ashes of the fire were still hot, and the charred canvas remnants of his pack and pouches glowed red as he found a stick and raked through the embers. One by one he found what he'd hidden in the fire. The rupees that had been for hiring the carts, then the rubies, and emeralds, diamonds, sapphires, and gold. A king's ransom it was. And it had been taken from a king four years before in the water gate at Serenabhatam, where Sharp had trapped the Tipu Sultan and shot him down before looting his corpse. Then, with the treasure clutched to his midriff, "'he knelt in the stench of Chasalgaon. "'Major John Stokes was an engineer, "'and if ever a man was happy with his avocation, "'it was Major Stokes. "'There was nothing he enjoyed so much as making things, "'whether it was a better gun carriage, "'a garden, or, as he was doing now, "'improvements to a clock that belonged to the Raja of Mysore. "'It isn't signed,' he told his visitor, "'but a Frenchman had his hand in it. "'See the escapement?' The visitor appeared at the tangle of cogwheels. But the none of Frog's had it in him to make clocks, sir, he said. Sergeant Obadiah Hagueswell's face twitched horribly. It was an uncontrollable spasm that racked his face every few seconds. You were asking about Sharp, Major Stokes said. Yes, sir, Hagueswell said. Sergeant Sharp, sir. My good friend. Is he here? He went to his quarters. He's been away, you see. Involved in that dreadful business at Cheselgarn. Poor fellow was covered in blood, I'm sure. If you wait, Sharp will be back soon. He's a marvellous fellow, never lets me down. Hakeswill forced a smile, for he hated Sharp, with a rare venom. He's one of the best, sir, he said, his face twitching. Sergeant Hakeswill left the armory and turned towards the barracks, where he had temporary accommodation. The King's Thirty-Third was quartered in Hurrihur, a hundred and fifty miles to the north. Their job was to keep the roads of western Mysore clear of bandits, and so the regiment ranged up and down the country. Finding themselves close to up a patam where the main armory was located, Colonel Gore had sent a detachment for ammunition. Captain Morris of the light company had drawn the duty, and he had brought half his men and Sergeant Obadiah Hakeswell to protect the shipment, a task that offered Sergeant Hakeswell an opportunity he had long sought. Hakeswell said to himself, Rich is a Jew, sharp is. He don't live in barracks. Got a beating servant boy. Always got cash on him, always. Hakeswell shook his head at the injustice.